It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, the future of fertility. This morning, more clinics in Alabama pausing IVF treatments following the state Supreme Court's ruling on frozen embryos. Even though these are apparently my children, um, I don't have access to them. Doctors and patients now scrambling over what's next. We're live with the latest. Then opening statements, the trial of rust armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed now underway. Prosecutors coming down hard. The prospect of live ammunition landing up on a film set is incomprehensible. It's something that should never happen. What her lawyers are now saying about Alec Baldwin's role in the shooting, the latest straight ahead. Plus, the devil you know. It's the reunion we've all been waiting for. You have no style or sense of fashion. Well, um, I think that depends on what you're... No, no. That wasn't a question. New details on the cast of The Devil Wears Prada getting back together for one night only. That story on Popstar today, Friday, February 23rd, 2024. On a mother-son trip from Canton, Michigan. Hi, Dad. Hi to my staff and students at Soap Creek Elementary. In Marietta, Georgia. It's Grace's Grace Sweet 16. 16. Sending love to my grandma. Oh, then, mommy. Here with my mom. From Monrovia, Indiana. Here to celebrate my birthday. With, with Savannah. Savannah. Best friends from Houston, Texas. From Trumansburg, New York. Today, I turned 60. Shout out to our hometown. Liberty, Liberty North, North Carolina. Carolina. Surprise, Emily. Everybody, oh, welcome nice. back to you today. Now that is a wow. proud look at that. Wow. Friday morning, we're so excited to have you here. Long happy birthday, Emily. That's two for you. <laughs> Craig is back on Monday. A lot of people are here. Yeah, there's been a crowd lining yes. up early this, early morning, this morning. Super early. All right, so guys, we have to mention you guys had a special evening last night. They mm-hmm. shared Savannah's book tour for Mostly What God Does. Made a stop at the 92nd Street Y here in New York. And Hoda, you got to moderate. How was it? It was amazing. By the way, the 92nd Street Y is an iconic it's place. Classic. Here in New York, it's where a lot of great authors come. Savannah and I, I felt like we were sitting here. That's what it felt like for us. And it was a beautiful conversation. Savannah wowed and dazzled that crowd like I knew she would. Oh, it did. It was like we were just having so much fun. And also, you know, us up late at night like that. I mean, (laughs) by late at night, I mean 7.30. But we had a great time. And our friends at WNBC, local NBC, were there and helped us cover it. So it was was really fun. All right, let's get to your news. 8 o'clock here. The fallout is growing from the Alabama Supreme Court ruling that said frozen embryos created by in vitro fertilization our children under the law. Several fertility clinics in Alabama have now paused their IVF programs, fearing the legal liability. Some couples have said they're planning to leave Alabama to have access to IVF. However, one couple told NBC the clinic they've been using refused to give them their frozen embryos so that they could go use them out of state. The ruling, which is not a popular procedure, has definitely put some political candidates in a difficult position, and nearly 100,000 babies every year are born using IVF. Donald Trump and Nikki Haley face off in tomorrow's Republican primary in South Carolina, which is, of course, Haley's home turf. She's vowing to stay in the race through Super Tuesday, even with polls showing her well behind the former president. NBC's Jacob Sobroff has been exploring why Haley has been struggling to find a foothold even in her hometown. Uh, Jacob, good morning. 
Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. Yeah, I got to go down to Bamberg, South Carolina, where I caught up with folks there. Population about 3,000. It's where Nikki Haley is from. It's a place that faced a lot of economic devastation even before a massive tornado hit last month. Now they're talking about whether Trump or Haley will be better to rebuild. The former South Carolina governor crisscrossing her home state and asking voters to once again pick Nikki. Are we really going to say the best we can do? is two guys in their 80s? Haley insisting she has a better chance against President Biden than Donald Trump and sharpening her attacks after Trump's remarks questioning U.S. support for NATO against Russia. Donald Trump siding with a dictator. Despite Haley's roots in South Carolina, she struggled to grow support against Trump. Polls showing her lagging nearly 30 points behind the former president. With a commanding lead, President Trump attacking Haley from an event in Nashville. Nikki Haley is losing to me, but I don't care. Let her run because think of it. If she's not running, they're not talking about us. To see how Haley's message is resonating, including with a crucial voting block, suburban women, we visited her hometown of Bamberg, population 3000. Mayor Nancy Foster says the city is still reeling from an EF2 tornado that demolished her main street on January 10th. I had tears. I had tears. Haley grew up here when the town looked far different, before the construction of Interstate 95 diverted most traffic around the city. You had hope for Nikki Haley becoming president just for Bamberg, but now does that hope mean more because of what's happened here? You know, it'd be wonderful. As early voting wound down, Bamberg's election director said she's expecting high turnout. The people of Bamberg are going to show up on Saturday. I believe that by my heart. <laughs> Mary Jane Maxwell is one of those GOP early voters. Are you here to support Nikki Haley? Yeah, but I mean, I think I'd support whether she's from Bamberg or not. She's young. She's got energy. But other voters here have switched their loyalty. Probably go with Trump. Probably go with Trump. How about you? Same. Trump, too? Yeah. I just feel like when Trump was in office, stuff was a little cheaper. Um, jobs were coming around a little bit more. You think Bamberg, when all the votes are cast and counted, will go for Haley or go for Trump? I think it'll be pretty half and half. So while Bamberg might not be a bellwether here in Greenville County, we will be watching it very closely. It's a place where former President Trump uh, narrowly won in the 2016 primary. He also narrowly beat Joe Biden in the 2020 election here. The Haley campaign, Hoda, tells us that they are trying to get out the vote aggressively here. All right. We'll see what happens, Jacob. Thank you. You can find complete coverage on tomorrow's primary on NBC News Now. And of course, Kristen Welker, she'll break it all down on Sunday morning. I'll meet the press. Now to new developments in a case we've been following for more than two years, the Rust movie set shooting. New witnesses will take the stand today at the manslaughter trial of the woman in charge of firearms after opening statements that painted dramatically different portraits of her. NBC's Chloe Malas is here with the latest. Chloe, good morning. Good morning, Chanel. Hannah Gutierrez Reed showed little emotion in court as prosecutor Jason Lewis called her irresponsible, saying that she should have checked the gun more than once. But her attorneys say that the blame should be placed on Alec Baldwin. These witnesses are going to describe the defendant's conduct as unprofessional and sloppy. Harsh words from New Mexico prosecutor Jason Lewis against Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the armorer on the 2021 Rust set charged with involuntary manslaughter and tampering with evidence. The prospect of live ammunition landing up on a film set is incomprehensible. It's something that should never happen. Prosecutors telling the jury in opening statements they will prove Gutierrez-Reed routinely left guns and ammunition around, unattended. The evidence will show that the defendant treated the safety protocols as if they were optional, rather than if people's lives counted on her doing her job correctly. 
According to prosecutors, six rounds of live ammunition were found on set, even showing a photograph of a gun holster worn by the film star Alec Baldwin that they claim held a real bullet, and that Gutierrez-Reed brought them from the home of her father, also a well-known Hollywood armorer. The defense arguing Baldwin, who was one of the film's producers, bears more responsibility than the 24-year-old armorer. Alec Baldwin pointed a gun on that set. You will hear that Hollywood actors are not allowed to point guns, real guns, at other actors or crew. Baldwin has denied any wrongdoing. More than simply pointing the finger at other people in the production chain of command, the defense also has to humanize the defendant and also show that she was a kind of victim herself. Gutierrez Reed's attorney also slamming the film's production company for hiring her for two jobs, the armorer and props assistant, even citing an email she had sent her manager during filming. She said in this email, when I'm not able to focus on my armorer duties, this is when mistakes happen. Mistakes prosecutors believe Gutierrez Reed admitted in her own words. The statement that Ms. Gutierrez made uh, when she was being interviewed on the day of the shooting, she says at the end, I just, I don't know. I wish I would have checked it more. We asked the production company for comment on the accusations that Gutierrez-Reed was overwhelmed with her responsibilities on set, but they have not gotten back to us yet. But they did agree to settle a workplace safety case for $100,000 without admitting any wrongdoing. NBC News has also reached out to Alec Baldwin's legal team for comment, and he has pleaded to uh, not guilty to involuntary manslaughter, and he faces his own criminal trial this summer. And you can imagine that his legal team is watching this very closely. Indeed. All right, Chloe, thank you. Thank you. The Florida State Legislature has passed a ban on social media for children under 16 years old. Lawmakers said young people need to be protected from what they call the addicting features of social media. The bill now goes to Governor Ron DeSantis, who has said that he wants parents to have the ability to override the ban. So that option is not included in the measure. So even if he does approve it, it is likely to face significant court challenges. Mm. All right. Still ahead, a pop star packed with news on some of our favorite music stars, Taylor Swift, Beyonce and Dolly Parton. But first, a military family sharing their emotional journey amid fallout from that court ruling on frozen embryos, major concerns over what it means for the future of fertility treatments nationwide. Kaylee Hartung will have that story for us coming up right after this. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. 
Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. We are back at 815 with a closer look at that unprecedented court decision in Alabama declaring frozen embryos are children. Well, with more medical facilities in that state now halting IVF treatments, people all across the country are asking how that ruling might affect their family planning. Yeah, NBC's Kaylee Hartung is here with more. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, good morning, guys. You know that for some families, there comes a point where IVF is the only option for them to conceive. And treatment can take a tremendous physical, emotional, and financial toll on those families. Now, with so much uncertainty in the wake of this court decision, the potentially devastating consequences are being felt far beyond Alabama state lines. Across the country, growing concerns and questions are now mounting, with many wondering how Alabama's ruling on frozen embryos and IVF could have an impact on other states. I can't imagine the feeling um, that the families in Alabama are going through right now. It's terrifying. Julie Eshelman and her husband are looking forward to having a second child, a younger sibling to their daughter, Millie, who was born using IVF. When you began the IVF process, could you have even imagined this would be a conversation you'd be having? I never in a million years would have imagined that we would have been, we would, it, we would be here right now. While they currently live in Pennsylvania, Julie's husband is on active duty in the Army. In July, for his next assignment, they could end up in any state at the time when they plan to transfer their already frozen embryos. Ultimately, it's up to the Army where they send us. So we pay attention, you know, to, you know, rulings like this and legislation and bills because it impacts us and it matters. Julie and her husband are concerned and they're not alone. Now that Alabama's state Supreme Court has ruled that frozen embryos qualify as children, many patients and doctors will be impacted and could face legal repercussions. We're really complicated organisms, and a lot can go wrong. Yet there might be legal repercussions to the physicians and the clinic staff who somehow couldn't overcome Mother Nature and keep them alive. That's really, really scary. There are currently an estimated 1,400 IVF cycles in Alabama each year, and nationwide, over 400,000, according to the CDC, resulting in about 97,000 babies born each year from IVF. But in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade in 2022 and abortion restrictions in 15 states, according to Planned Parenthood, many reproductive rights experts believe something similar could happen with this case, with other states beyond Alabama issuing similar rulings or legislation and leaving clinics vulnerable to lawsuits over frozen embryos and limiting fertility treatment. Does this ruling, even though it's in a state you don't live, put more pressure on a timeline for you to make a determination of when you'll pursue your next round of IVF? I definitely think that it's going to add that pressure for sure um, because of the uncertainty and whether it's going to put things at jeopardy um, in the near future or, you know, a year from now. Like, I have to be prepared that it could happen tomorrow. 
The emotional cost of this situation is so difficult for families to put words to, but we can quantify the financial cost to some extent. For perspective, a single IVF cycle can cost up to $30,000. It's another $10,000 to freeze embryos and transfer them later, and that is best-case scenario. Many patients go through several cycles of all of this, adding to that bill, and critics of Alabama's court ruling say now liability costs could skyrocket. Guys, that would make fertility treatment prices prohibitive for Mm -hmm. families, even more so Mm -hmm. than they already are, if you can imagine that. Yeah, Yeah. it's one of those moments. Right now, it's confined to Alabama, but the question is, what are the legal ramifications, Mm -hmm. if any? And we've got people who are in the midst of IVF really, really nervous. And Julie pointed out, when you saw what happened after Roe v. Wade was overturned with the Dobbs decision and how quickly states reacted there, uh, when I asked her about her own timeline, that's Mm -hmm. exactly what she pointed to. We could see that ripple effect so quickly here. Mm. All right. Kaylee, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We switch gears now. Get a check of the weather from Bill. Well, here's what you need to know as you head out the door. Grab that umbrella in the southeast, especially areas of South Carolina, Georgia coastline. Same with North Carolina. we got foggy weather in the Ohio Valley. Give yourself extra time. And it snowed in areas of northern New England, one to two inches. That's going to also cause some slippery conditions. Everybody else should have a fantastic Friday. Shorts and T-shirt weekend forecast coming up very soon. Mm, not for you guys, but for other people. We're oh, ready. Not, really not, not you guys. You got to oh. wait. That was cruel. Oh. Was Sorry. <laughs> that was anyway. Nice <laughs> guys, Carson's got some time off. Chanel, you're double duting it. I am. Well deserves time off for Carson. All right. First up, Taylor Swift, the superstar, is currently on stage in Sydney, Australia, in front of 80,000 fans. But the concert hasn't been without some drama. Severe rain and lightning forced the stadium to be temporarily evacuated and openers Sabrina Carpenter. It was her moment, but she was forced to cancel her set. But a little rain wasn't going to keep Taylor away from her fans. Look at this. Once it was safe to perform, Swift launched into her heiress tour down under. And you better believe Taylor's boyfriend, Super Bowl champ Travis Kelsey, flew halfway around the world to see her perform. The Swifties screaming for Kelsey as he entered the stadium. And don't feel too bad for Sabrina Carpenter. Despite having to cancel her set, she still joined Taylor on stage later in the show. Taylor was gracious about that. All right, next up, The Devil Wears Prada. Do you remember? Believe it or not, it's been 17 years since Meryl Streep took on the role of fashion editor Miranda Priestly, serving up moments like this. So you don't read Runway? Uh, No. And before today, you had never heard of me? No. And you have no style or sense of fashion? Well, um, I think that depends on what you're... No, no. That wasn't a question. So good. O'Neill fans of the comedy can look forward to a reunion of sorts tomorrow night at the SAG Awards. Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, and Emily Blunt will take the stage as presenters during the show. Yes, it's sure to get people excited about the possibility of a Mm -hmm. sequel. While that may be a long shot, we can likely expect some more great one-liners from Streep during the ceremony. They'll have fun with that. Mm -hmm. All right, next up, Glenn Powell has found his next project, and it should be a fun one. Here's the deal. The Top Gun Maverick star is going to be playing Chad Powers at a new Hulu series. And football fans out there may recognize that name. Let me explain. It's the alter ego of New York Giants great Eli Manning. He went undercover back in 2022 as a walk-on prospect at Penn State. Had them all full. Covered in makeup. Manning full coaches and players into thinking he was trying out for a spot on the team. Leading to moments like this. When's the last team you played on? I was homeschooled. So I never played ball. Really? Pick up ball. Watch a lot of film though. Love that. My mom was my coach. Mom was what? Mom was my coach and my teacher. You get good grades? No. <laughs> Tough teacher? She wasn't very smart. She was a good coach, though. 
Here's the thing, he got him. And they're probably like, oh my God, this guy's so good. Uh, so for the new series, Pal will play a disgraced college football player who disguises himself and walks on to another school's team as Chad Powers. Reacting to the news, Manning wrote on X, I hope Glenn is working on his QB skills. I saw him throw a football in Maverick. He has some work to do. That's good. All right, next up, Dolly Parton, the queen of country, is the latest superstar to praise Beyonce's bold move into the genre. As we told you earlier this week, Beyonce became the first black woman to top the hot country billboard, and Dolly's here for it. In an Instagram post, Dolly writing, quote, I am a big fan of Beyonce and very excited that she's done a country album. So congratulations on your billboard hot country number one single. Can't wait to hear the full album as if Beyonce needed any more claim. It's really nice, though, to get that. To get it from Dolly, A thumbs up from Dolly is pretty big. That country music lane is so wide, man. Everyone can jump in. I love seeing Beyonce in that position. Taylor, she may sing country on moment. Pop the next. Cool. Follow. All right. And finally, Abbott Elementary star Cheryl Lee Ralph. She's Willie's guest for this weekend's Sunday Sit Down and has become known for her character, Barbara's witty zingers on the hit sitcom like this. I don't even believe in saying that word out loud. Oh, my favorite B word, Barbara. Bible. Blessing. Chatting with (laughs) Willie Ralph revealed the educators who helped inspire her Abbott Elementary character. So did you have teachers as you took on this role that you wanted to sort of embody my auntie carolyn just an incredible teacher my dad started out as a music teacher ended up as a college professor my gym teacher miss judy burfind who said run your race i love that i remember what they said to me you never forget those teachers you never forget those teachers she looks beautiful. That's going to be a good interview, yeah. good conversation. You can catch the entire interview this weekend on Sunday Today with Willie Geis. Very cool. That's good. All right. We'll be right back after this. Are you doing a book signing? Wait, what's oh, happening God. right now? Last night at the 92nd Y, yeah. um, my husband started signing books. <laughs> oh. And look what he's, she has, Marcy, your husband. I know, it says Marcy, my first <laughs> autograph. Love Mike. Oh, wait, husband. that is hilarious. <laughs> You made my day. Oh, and wait, well, you wait. Made ours. Come here. Can you that come one so second? Cute. Come with me. Thank you, Marcy. Sorry, sorry to stroll <laughs> during our airtime. Look, mostly. Oh, look at. Come on. Oh my gosh, you came. Oh, you came. Oh. Thank you so much. You guys, anyway, we had the best time. We had a fun night at the 92nd Street I love that you guys were out late and got up early. And you made a sign. Yes. Thank you so yes. much. so sweet. Wow. Hey, now we're over here. Okay, what are we doing? I don't know. All right, also, hey guys, we got Morgan Radford here with a fascinating story about a life-saving use for AI. She got a look behind the scenes at the Mayo Clinic where doctors say artificial intelligence is giving them superpowers oh. to help oh. people with heart disease. Plus, we're going to share some tips and tricks for scoring the best deals on spring break vacation. Vicki Wynn knows exactly where to find them. Love it. And stick around for the third hour if you want to feel more rested. We are revealing Real Simple's 2024 Smart mm. Sleep Award winners. All right. Looking one. ahead, you guys, next week's going to be a good one. Who's right coming? Here, the stars will be shining bright. Oscar winner Kate Winslet Ooh. will be here. Nice. Our friend from The Voice, Chance the Rapper, will be here. And Millie Bobby Brown all stopping by. Oh, that's nice. a nice lineup. All right. Where is Mr. Bill Karens with a check of the weather? 
the signs oh, that always hello. get me out here, the signs are the ones that make you think. So I saw this one. It says, New Orleans to New York City, cheaper than a sack of crawfish. So obviously I had to say, how much is a sack of crawfish? About three fifty. And how do you know this? We live in New Orleans. <laughs> okay, That's I right. guess it's just common knowledge in New Orleans. Good for you. Where are you at, girl? <laughs> All right, let's get to this weekend forecast. And we are talking about spring, spring fever, pretty much coast to coast. The only exception, northern New England. My apologies, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. But look at everywhere else Saturday. I mean, the flowers are coming out. People are complaining about pollen already. And even into Sunday, we're going to have near record highs through the middle of the country. Dallas, 81 degrees. We're going to be in the 60s all the way up to the Dakotas. And it only gets warmer. The only problem spot, my friends in the Pacific Northwest, your stormy weather begins as we head towards the end of your weekend into the beginning of next week. Dress up, creative signs you get on TV. Back to you guys. Nice. What a fun day, y'all. What a fun day. I see New Orleans in the house. And wait, this young lady, it's your birthday? Yeah. How old are you? 16. Sweet 16. What's your name? Grace. Way to go, Grace. Happy birthday. Coming up next, a cutting-edge new way doctors can use artificial intelligence to save lives. Morgan Radford is here with a first-hand look at the future of healthcare. But first, this is today. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with my NBC neighbor, Jimmy Fallon, to talk about his 10 years as host of The Tonight Show, reflecting on his long career in comedy, his years at SNL, and yes, landing the biggest job in late night. A little time backstage with Jimmy Fallon. You can get our conversation now for free, wherever you download your podcasts. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Welcome back. February is American Heart Month, and we have a fascinating new story for our Heart Health Series. Well, heart disease is the leading cause of death in America, but now medical researchers are using artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence, AI, and it could help millions of Americans. NBC's Morgan Radford joins us with more on that. Morgan, good morning. Hey there, ladies. Good morning. Listen, doctors have been using artificial intelligence for a few months at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, and it's really a preview of something every doctor's office in America will likely have in just the next few years. So they took us behind the scenes to show us exactly how it works, pairing AI with something like a traditional electrocardiogram test. And doctors say AI is now giving them superpowers with the ability to screen for some pretty deadly heart conditions and to catch things even they might miss. For years, Peter Merklein assumed his heart was working normally. They had done uh, echo echocardiograms and things like that, and they were always clean. Until he visited the Mayo Clinic three years ago, when he signed up for a separate research project on a whim. But in the process... I did have an AFib. I actually had it. Atrial fibrillation, a type of irregular heart rhythm that can lead to stroke or even death, a condition they were only able to find with the help of artificial intelligence. 
AI is giving our tools superpowers. Superpowers that boost old school tests like the electrocardiogram or ECG. So here's how it works. All of these wires get taped to your chest and then it sends electrical signals from your heart to a screen like this. But here's the twist. AI then analyzes all of this data and shows us conditions that perhaps even doctors can miss. It's very, very good at this deep pattern recognition. So it's finding the details. It's finding incredible detail. The AI uses data across thousands of tests to detect subtle patterns that a doctor looking at a single test may not be able to catch, like a weak heart pump, irregular rhythm, and nearly a dozen other heart conditions that could lead to sudden cardiac arrest. So all of these treatments that are available are improved if we can detect conditions sooner. One clinical trial finding AI increased the diagnosis of a weak heart pump by 32%. And new research suggests it can detect potentially fatal heart conditions in at-risk groups, from student athletes to pregnant women. So who has this technology right now? We have been using it in our practice at Mayo Clinic for about a year and a half, two years. I expect it to be available widely around the country and globally in the next two years or so. And they're making it even more accessible sooner. With special AI stethoscopes like these, the doctors can carry with them everywhere. So we decided to try one out. Okay, so I'll just put it on your chest like so. And are we listening to my heart? And so now we're starting to see your heart signal. Good news, your heart pump strength is normal. Okay. Normally, to identify that, we would need an imaging study, an ultrasound of your heart called an echocardiogram, a CT scan, or an MRI scan. At the end of the day, this sounds like it could be a game changer. It's changing how we practice medicine. For people like Peter Merklein, after his diagnosis, he was put on blood thinners and other medication. Do you think this technology saved your life? Yes, it definitely could have, because who knows when I would have been discovered. I lived 20 miles out of town. So for me to get into the ER right there is a half hour trip, you know, so would I survive something like that? Probably not. So this, this worked out well for me. And you just think of all the people, especially in places like rural communities, who could benefit from this. I mean, pretty soon, researchers say that you could even apply this very same technology to data that's coming from your smart watch. So they're doing studies as we speak, using AI to read the heart monitoring data from your Apple Watch to see if it can actually screen for some of those very serious conditions we talked about without you ever having to leave home. Wow. Just to think that AI can get a closer look than your own doctor mm -hmm. can and analyze right? quicker is pretty incredible. And give wow. them a starting point. Yeah. Think about how much money you would save, yes. you know, not having to start with an expensive CD yeah. or right. MRI right. scan, right? Sounds good. Right. All right, thank you. Morgan, thank you. Good. Yeah, yeah Morgan, thank you. Well, coming up next, good news. If you have put off booking your spring break vacations, it's not too late. Vicki wins on the case. She'll tell us where you can find the best last-minute deals. But first, this is Today on NBC. Forty-three this morning on today's consumer travel deals for spring break. It's not too late. Yes, it's just a few weeks away for most of us. The first week of April is expected to be the busiest, according to Expedia. But if you haven't started planning anything, don't worry, because we have 
a little miracle named NBC's <laughs> Vicky Wynn, and you always oh, have tips so and nice. tricks. You do. I don't know how miracle. you're doing this, but it's, we're just a few weeks away, yeah. but it's not too late. Yes. Okay, so what do you need to know? Okay, so here's the thing. Tra- uh, Travel website Hopper did a survey, and for the folks who are traveling for spring break, 83% say, hey, we're going to fly. Great news here, Savannah. March and April airfares are down 3 and 8% respectively from last year. We're right in what they call the Goldilocks period of booking one to three months in advance okay. of your trip, so you still have time. And to get low airfares. The key is to fly midweek. Tuesday or Wednesday will save you even more, 15 to 30% off airfares generally. And I always tell you to take that first flight because it's less likely to be delayed. So get up early. It'll be worth it. Okay. So let's go to the popular destinations. Are there deals in these places that everyone likes to go? Yes, absolutely. Not surprisingly, two of the three hot spots are right there in Florida, Orlando and Miami. People also really want to get away to Las Vegas. Mm. But Dallas and Austin, Expedia is saying these are popular destinations for April 8th market your calendar. It's not going to happen for another 20 years. A total solar eclipse. Oh, cool. So those two cities, there's a whole broad swath of cities that are going to be in the path, but those are popular ones. How about we take a t- trip to Grenada, 229 Ooh. Savannah from New York right now. D.C. to Puerto Rico, 181. Some warm temps, yes, Absolutely. Trips to Cancun, also under $300, according to uh, going.com. But you've got to kind of act fast and look right now. Some travel tools that can really help you. And looking in the last week of April is going to give you kind of the best fares, the lowest crowds. But Google Flights, I tell you about Hopper and Kayak. These are tools. You can enter all kinds of parameters. The date you want to leave, the length of your trip, how much money you want to spend, and they will spit out a bunch of different options for you. Also, check southwest.com. They never show up on any of these, but they sometimes have great deals. This is an important tip. So you're a family of four, let's say. You would typically go on and book your four flights. Well, try booking just one at a time because what happens is, let's say you book the three tickets and the fourth ticket for your family member is a higher price. The airlines will charge you automatically the highest price for all four tickets. So book one at a time. It takes more time, but it could save you What about bucks. seats with your little ones? So you might get separated Then seats. you got to call okay. and say, hey, listen, we booked at this fair. Can you keep us together? Because we have little ones. But sometimes it results in a major difference yeah, in might the pricing. Worth it. Might be worth it. Exactly. All right, what about the road trippers? Okay, so a lot of folks are going to hit the road. What I like about that is it's super flexible. You can stop along the way, have a good time. Good news, gas prices are down nine cents from this time last year, 327 on average. Colorado it's down a dollar ten from last year. So wow. in some states, they're getting a real break on gas prices. You always a week or two before your trip check your tire pressure, make sure all the fluids are topped off, and refresh that emergency kit. You might have all the winter stuff in your car right now. It's time to get ready for spring, water, medicine, dog food if you travel with your pets. Take a break every couple of hours or 100 miles, and AAA.com slash road trips is an awesome website because they're going to tell you how to take the scenic route and little stops you can make along the way for a picnic so it's not just A to B. Yeah, that's part of the fun, hopefully, the road trip. Okay, and finally, what about hotels? Okay, hotel rooms are averaging 242 a night, right? Right now, according to Hopper, and this is the one place where procrastinating Savannah may pay off for you. Okay. So 14 to 15 days out might find you a lower fare for your hotel, but just be careful if you're going to a major hotspot destination, you might not want to wait. What I like to do is book now, but set a little reminder and check on your phone every two, three days at different times during the day because hyperdynamic pricing, it might be different. But if you find a lower rate, Cancel your original hotel reservation. Book at the lower rate as long as you're outside of that or inside that refund window. Right? Yeah, make like, sure you yeah, the sure cancellation window is generous. Yeah. And finally, January, February, March, it's wave season. Cruises are on sale right now. So if you've ever wanted to get out there, now is the time to book that trip. Vicki, you're amazing. Thank <laughs> you so much. All right. We're back with the third and fourth hours of today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good job, guys. Well